You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 464. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we near the end of our look at season two of the HBO Max series, Be Foreigners. And uh, we are here recording on a Monday. Before I forget, we want to thank our patrons, Bert, Fred from the Netherlands, Dan, Richard, Travis, Mark, Cindy, Mike. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. And, you know, hey, thank you guys that support the podcast by downloading it each week. Sure. So, uh Anyway, um, how's it going in your world? Yeah, you know, it's going pretty well. Things are a little chaotic today. Um, I have a recent college graduate who is today now <clears throat> making the transition to uh, back home living. <laughs> so uh, oh, Nice. Um, which I was actually kind of impressed. I expected the, to walk into the house and just see stuff lying all over the floor as when my younger son came home from his first year at college. Um, he just dropped everything basically three steps inside the door and then went out to hang out with his friends. So, um, but at least, uh, you know, Sean is getting himself set up down the basement to, uh, so it's readjustment. As I said to my wife, you know, it's uh, more clutter and less food. As long as he remembers what the uh, podcast recording schedule is. I know there were some times in the past we wanted to record in the morning and uh, somebody was sleeping late down there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I, I set up in my daughter's room today so he can, you know, get his stuff arranged down there. All right, cool. All right, so uh, you want to go first this week in what we're watching? Um, so a couple things. Uh, so, I, you know, I talked about there was a lot of new things coming up last week. We finished Stranger Things uh, Season 4, Part 1. And, uh, it was, you know, like I know, I know you're not a fan, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And it's... Uh, it's really cool because we watch that like with the whole family pretty much. So, though my uh, my youngest, who's only thirteen, was uh, spending more nights going to bed in our our bed um, last week uh, after during the, the Stranger Things rewatch there. So, on top of that, the uh, this week the boys came out on Amazon Prime, which is outstanding show. Uh, absolutely love. It is probably the wrongest show ever made. There's just so many things that are just like, I don't know. Like, I mean, the humor is very, you know, dark and, uh, and, and often gory, but it's also an Eric Kripke joint. So there's all kinds of old supernatural and, uh, uh what am I, what else am I thinking? Uh, revolutions. What was the, the time travel show that just timeless? No timeless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of alums from from those old shows. He's he tends to use a lot of the the same cast. And Jensen Ackles is actually in it this season as a character called Soldier Boy. So yeah, yeah. They they just they released the first three episodes, and then it's one a week. So um, really uh, psyched that the the boys are back. So the last thing is I am. This is I don't know if this is going to happen all the way, but I'm trying to. Rewatch uh, the first three seasons of, of Westworld. Okay. Now. So uh, before the new season comes out, so I got to jump on it. I watched the first two the other day. Um, and there's just like a lot of stuff that I you know kind of forgotten about those early episodes and everything. So it's kind of cool going back and watch it. So we'll see how that turns out. But uh, you know, obviously that's a show that's there's a, a lot. There's the, the, the show is so rich both um, in its writing and in you know cinematically 
that. There's just a lot to see and think about, even if you've seen it a couple times. Yeah, and, and that comes back June 26th for season four. All right, well. So we'll see if I make it. Okay. Now, funny you mention Westworld as your show, uh, and Fred even brings this show up in his feedback, but Sid C. Babbitt Knudsen, who we know as Teresa Cullen from Westworld. I don't know if she's in the first couple episodes of season one. She is. Okay. Yep. She sure is. Right. So she's sort of the, I guess the manager uh, of the parks, but she returns for a fourth season in the Danish political thriller Borgen. And she plays a former prime minister and present foreign minister, uh, Birgit Nyborg. And I I guess that's sort of like the secretary of state in the U.S. But she's got this attitude because she was a former prime minister that uh, sort of, you know, makes things even more uncomfortable than they already would be. But the cool thing about this story is the the intrigue surrounds the discovery of oil in Greenland and the Greenlanders desire to drill, get rich and break from its dependence on Denmark and to hell with the environment. So, you know, I'm six episodes in of the eight episode season and really enjoying it. Did did you see the rain? No. Okay. Which is a a Danish post-apocalyptic series two of the characters from that show are turning up in this and it's sort of cool because I'm used to seeing them in, you know, grubby clothes carrying rifles and now they're wearing, you know, $300 suits. And well, actually one of them is the other one plays her son and he's kind of a, uh, he's kind of a scrub, but anyway, um, (laughs) so that's pretty cool. The other thing, uh, Mary and I were out today and we, I know that's surprising in and of itself, but uh, that is. You know, she had to get I'm her yearly pressed actually <laughs> had to get her yearly blood drawn. And I said, you know, what? Um, we've got a library book on hold because generally what we do is we find the book we want, we reserve it online, and then I just go pick it up. Sure. And you know, we had one waiting for us. So she said, yeah, sure. I've been to the library in a while. And to be honest, I hadn't really been to the library other than to run in, grab the book off the shelf uh, and, you know, check out and then run out. So, you know, we we're looking around and I picked up Stephen King's book called On Writing, which is nonfiction, obviously. And it's really good. I mean, as an English teacher, you would love it as a Stephen King fan. You would even love it more. And you know, I'm about 40 pages in and he's you know, kind of setting the, the tone for his childhood and, and really how he became a writer and just really cool. It, it's, you know, only about maybe 200 pages or so, which you think Stephen King, oh my God, what is this going to be? 900 pages. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like what he says in, in one of the forewords, because apparently this book was published maybe 20 years ago and he's updated it. So I've got the updated version, but okay. you, you know, he, he calls BS on a lot of these books that, you know, people write about writing. And like he said, look, I don't um, contend that I'm any genius or whatever, but I guess I've sold a few books here and there. So maybe I know sure, what I'm yes. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm, I'm really digging that a lot. So, you know, if That's you're into cool. that sort of well, thing, now- 
Do you go to the, the Sandy Mount Library? Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, because you don't even need to go in to pick up your book because they have that drive-thru. You can just go around and if you have a book on hold, you just go to the drive-thru yeah, and pick it up there. Right, except I always think that, you know what, I'll just take a quick glance around, see if anything, you know, and, and I really like that one rather than the main branch, even though the main branch oh, yeah. is much oh, bigger. Oh, it's a gorgeous library. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, while it doesn't have as much again you know you do everything online you just go pick it up and heck you can have it sent from another county and you know whatever right so yeah. all right well let's get to be foreigners episode five of season two written as always by Ilif skodvin and ann bjornstadt directed by jens lean aired in europe december 26th 2021 and in the u.s on january 20th 2022 so just a couple quick bullet points we finally learn why john roberts kills the three women from the 19th century and uh, of course that's not the only thing we learn about john roberts right Um, right my favorite line maybe in the series to this point what the fuck is the time space continuum (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's a good question yeah now lars apparently needs the drops and i'm making air quotes to quote him to dig into the investigation i'm thinking like huh but what really struck me in this rewatch even though we've seen him and his interactions with odin before and we've talked about that you know on several occasions now I'm suddenly thinking, does he see himself as a god of some point? Even though in real life, Lars Holland, you know, is the most unpretentious individual I think there is in this show. Right. But when like Odin kind of takes control and like he does or take control because the next day Lars is like, so what happened? You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so is this again, I mean, I'm still wondering, is this still an actual supernatural phenomenon or, I mean, obviously more likely that this Odin is some kind of manifestation of another, like almost another personality uh, of Lars and, you know, that when he takes the drops, this other personality takes over. Right. And as we've talked on several occasions, it's almost as if he feels the need for this alter ego to give him permission to do certain things or, or, you know, and in this case maybe gives him permission to dig where maybe he thinks not that he shouldn't be digging, but certainly that his uh, bosses don't want him digging because they want everything to go smoothly. They want to take the easy way out and, Uh, Now, I say that, and on the one hand, Harold, you know, grew a pair this time and and said, no, Lars and Alfred are back on the case. And not only are the... Yes, but then retracted them during the actual operation. uh, Yeah, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know whether that was just pure incompetence or you know, something else. But, you know, we do learn that the English are working with Norwegian partners sort of behind the scenes, which which we didn't realize. I mean, we suspected because we've suspected Alex for a while now. And then what the hell happens at the end? So 
you know, a, a lot, as Fred says in his feedback, a lot happens in this episode. He, you know, he, he gives it a higher grade than he's ordinarily uh, given, as he points out in his feedback. He has deliberately avoided assigning grades uh, up to this point. But, you know, interestingly, we, we see a fair amount of St. Olaf and what appears to be his next step, because like we said last week, it, it appears he's... Uh, regained control of his name but not so quest uh, not uh, not so fast Olaf the government is going to appeal the decision so you know we really don't get any indication as to why they want to do that unless they figure it's going to be in t- uh, terribly problematic to have this yeah, guy that we're super acknowledging problematic cuz they have like a king already and for someone to step up and say, hey, you know, I was king first. I mean. Right. True. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess not unlike uh, actually a show I started re-watching. I, mean, I only saw, I can't even remember if I saw the entire first season or stopped is manifest. I don't know if you've seen it or not. No. Um, I mean, I, I know of it, but no. Yeah. So, y- y- you know the premise, right? You know, yes. Yeah, this plane lands and they've been gone for five years. And to them, it's like, what? You know, five minutes. And what I'm getting at is it's sort of like, you know, this guy wants to reconnect with his wife, but uh, oh, by the way, she remarried in your absence because you were presumed dead. So mm-hmm. um, not to go too far off the. Uh, the the deep end you know that's obviously going to be a problem if they're acknowledging that this guy is the king of norway which uh, but maddie returns home finds olaf snorting coke to prepare for battle with the time directorate and he's got that comment about her genes being ungodly and then tells her she's being dumped and, and she's like well, you know well wait a minute what about the vision we miss saw i love it just yeah right to the point but uh, well you know and also not a clever move when you really think about it like you know to after your girlfriend just caught you snorting coke is probably not the time to just you know very coldly dump her you know it's not a not a smart move on all well not and, and you know i i guess we have to acknowledge how naive he is about the 21st century Unlike the caveman that we had in season one, who, despite coming from, you know, the Stone Age, was right, was pretty savvy about things. So, like you're saying, does he not anticipate the possibility that she's not going to go quietly into this good night and that with the you know advent of social media, that it doesn't take her long to bring him down? So... You know, like yeah. you said. Right. I mean, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned is, you know, that that seems like a fairly timeless cliche. Yep. And I think it was well placed for him to receive the news when he shows up at that local parish and, yeah. you know, finds it disgustingly meager. If you want power, you have to radiate success. Well, okay, we get that. But then you had to go and say, you surround yourself with beautiful women, not these old hags. Like, okay, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, and and that's kind of like the, and even like, I haven't read a lot about the actual, you know, Olaf, but there, there is 
discussion out there about you know his actual was this guy actually you know um saint worthy material you know or you know because he was a you know he was a soldier he was a warrior he you know he was basically of you know i think like a viking who you know early on accepted christianity but there's still that i mean as we see here that that viking mentality that warrior that raider mentality about him that is completely in contrast with actual christianity yeah and i guess we have to question i mean he he claims that i built this church which i guess to a certain extent you'd have to say is correct but does he build it and i'm talking back in the 11th century does he build it as much a testament to himself as a testament to god and you know i guess that's kind of where you were going with the, some of the things you've read so i thought it was very apropos that that as he's um dissing all of these people that are are really excited to have you know their founder in their their parish and he's so condescending about everything and then you know he finds out you know what maddie has done and and again I, I, as you said he didn't anticipate it well now that it's happened that bitter little whore must be behind this so yeah and, yeah you think yeah, yeah. And, and i also like that you know her friends it's like well what do you have on them <laughs> i'm like right and right. we know right away it was like well geez this is almost like too easy um it, it is it, it is well you know yeah like you just uh, it, it's I mean, he's, you know, obviously a misogynist, you know, hardcore and, um, you know, has made really zero adaptions to the 20th century or the 21st century, you know, like even, yes, he's learning how to drive, but is he really, you know, like he's still, it's driving, he, he flaunts the rules, he doesn't care, he does what he wants to do with no thought about, of, of trying to you know, actually, you know, learn the, the culture. Yeah. And, um, and he, it's almost like he expects it to change for him. Uh, yeah. And that's, again, one of the funny scenes in this episode when he tells his thug to get out and walk. Well, you can't drive without a supervisor. <laughs> and he just gets out and rips it off the back and, and gets in and, and drives away. But he, he goes to see the Volva who tells him his problems are temporary. I know that you will sit on the throne again. And she's, you know, giving him this pep talk to, to, you know, really, uh, I guess, massage his bruised ego, except it's a little more than a bruised ego. So again, whether he understands the legal difficulties he might find himself in, you know, it's one thing that your church is telling you, we've got to disassociate ourselves from you, and it's quite another to be hauled into the police station and and charged with a a drug crime so you know whatever but he still doesn't understand how alfeder is going to play a role and 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 she's still sort of vague about that and of course you know she's vague he doesn't understand well i need more of the divine dust he tells her <laughs> and <laughs> You kind of see this coming. I mean, you know, my wife and I watch, as I've said many times, a lot of these crime dramas, uh, police procedurals, uh, just a lot of stuff in general, you know, even genre stuff. It's almost like, 
you, you know, I, I, I almost feel like I'm taking candy from a baby. He's going to get hit by a car. Their car's going to get well, broadside. Yeah, especially when the, the Volvo puts out, you know, starts cutting lines on the dashboard while he's driving. It's like. Yeah. And I guess I thought the first time I saw this that they were going to ride off the road or something like that. Or, or maybe even hit somebody head on, but but they get broadsided by what appears to be a tractor trailer on her side. So, you know, she crawls from the wreckage. He's badly injured lying on the road. And, and okay, on the one hand, I'm thinking, like, there's no damn way you walk away from that wreckage, Volvo. When you got hit on your side, whatever. But did I thought they I thought they hit head on. I no, I think they hit her door. I'm almost oh, okay. positive it was a T-bone. Yeah. You, you know what that was always cracked me up about like the A team or a lot of the shows in the 80s, yeah, but especially I remember the A team where you know they would you know the, the the team would be in their van and like the bad guys would be trying to get them and they'd like push the car off the road and it would flip over the guardrail and like roll over down like a hill or something for about 100 200 yards. And then it would stop, and all the guys would get out of the car, like kind of staggering and holding their heads, like "Whoa, wow, that was crazy!" You know, like never, uh, never fatality in these uh, these these car wrecks on the eighteen. Right, but the uh, the one that that I think we have to consider as as some foreshadowing. She crawls over to him. Forget this world; a new one is about to be born. You are back on the throne, and I am your queen. We love each other, and the gods love us. And I'm thinking like, okay, forget all of that cryptic stuff about a new world, and the gods love us? Wait a right. minute. Yeah, back up. <laughs> yeah. So, so is she holding on to the old faith, which we're not surprised with because we've seen her ceremonies, which seem to be keeping the old faith alive. So... Does that mean she knows something about Olaf that we don't know and that this whole Christianity thing has been a ruse for whatever reason? Or can the two, you know, like a Republican marrying a Democrat? I mean, is it, yeah. you know, I mean, we don't know, but I, 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 it did give me pause for sure. Well, I just think like, you know, historically that that time period is just such a like this you know this confluence where the the that pagan world giving way to the christian world and it wasn't like you just snapped a finger and and everyone who worshiped odin and thor before just dropped it and started like you know praying just to to god, one god so there i think there's just definitely a a probably a period of considerable period of years there where the two kind of coexisted even bled into each other a little bit, and I think we see that in a, a lot of societies where, you know, that that made that transition over from the older pagan religions as they, you know, accepted Christianity. It was more of a transition. You know? So I think the part, you know, we see a lot of stuff with Olaf, as we've been saying, that yeah, he's this, he's a Christian saint, but there's still many elements about him that he retains from the you know, the, the pagan world. Right. And I guess what's so fascinating about these two, it, 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 it ties into what you just said, because as we move forward, is she going to come over to his way of thinking in terms of religion or will he revert or will there be something else entirely new? 
So, or is he going to die? Or, he doesn't or, look like he's in well, good shape. Or are they both going to die? Exactly. Yeah. So we've also got this police operation to take down John Roberts that we kind of mentioned a little bit in the introduction. And, and we see Alfeder and Lars taking a ferry and, and they get out to that island, which I guess is an area that we're told is where they they house the time immigrants that don't have you know, a, a nationality that they can claim. And, and I guess it's because they, you know, it's the memory loss that, that some of the time immigrants undergo when they time travel and maybe they don't know where they're from. So they, so they house them here, but regardless, uh, they didn't want to be extradited to England. They ran away from the center. Two of them are now dead, obviously. And, uh, we do learn that somebody from England called asking about them. So, you know, we've got all these little hints that, that something hinky is going on with the... Well, I mean, the guy from England is is Roberts, right? Well, well, yes, Roberts is from England, but so I'm talking also about Black and Abeke. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think the, the person that called from England, yes. I think, was, was yeah, Roberts. Right, exactly. Right, and, right. and he just gave all the personal information... Of these women, that's how Roberts was able to chase him down. Right. Now, I mentioned that that uh, Black and Abeke uh, seemed a bit perturbed to learn that Lars and Alfred are back on the case. Wanky looked a bit surprised as well. So is this the first time that Harold has mentioned that? Which, not exactly great management skills, but okay, whatever. I mean, they deserve to be back on the case. That That's the important thing. But yeah. Absolutely. But they're also still working the other case. True. And and like we said last time, they didn't realize at the time that it's tied into the, the, the John Roberts right. case right. You know, exactly. as, as well. Now, the Brits contend that Ben Joseph and, and John Roberts are working together and uh, claim that they suffer from mental illness. And well, okay, we, we again, we talked previously about the reason that Ben Joseph was placed in a mental institution is, is is because he was so deeply affected to learn about the Holocaust. As a Jew, you understand that why that would be totally mind blowing to him. And you know, on the other hand, as we've said, we don't know how he got to the twenty first. You know, as we've said, it it seemed as if he called his shot in terms of when he was going to go, which would then lead you to believe that, well, okay, you're in the 19th century and you know that time travel is a thing, but you don't know about the Holocaust. That, I mean, it's not an important, you know, it's not certainly worth spending a lot of time. It just struck me as something, you know, I think you would have more knowledge, but I guess, look, I mean, he's focused but, but, on John Roberts and not the exactly. larger. Like he's just chasing Roberts, and Roberts knows how to get back. And I guess by investigating slash following Roberts, he's figured out how Roberts time travels. So right now, I don't know. Right. Like you said, we don't. We just don't really know at this point. But it's certainly there is a question. I mean, Ben Joseph is a big question mark, right? I mean, we we trust him. We think he's okay. We figure. We feel he's chasing down Roberts to try and, you know, eradicate evil here. But, you know, if you do look at it from a, you know, perspective, then um, he does seem, you know, suspicious. Right. And 
even though there's no indication John Roberts has spent any time remanded to a mental institution, by his actions, I think we would have to agree with Black and Abeke that, uh, yeah, he does suffer from some sort of a mental illness, whether it's he's a sociopath, which he certainly is, a psychopath, yeah. which he certainly is. He's a is. complete sociopath. He has no conscience right. at all. Right. I mean, he thinks he's doing these things for you know, whatever reason. I mean, is it, is it simply he's, revenge? Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Like he's obviously in his own mind, he is able to justify what he's done even to the point, like when, when black, you know, questions him on it, he, he kind of looks pityingly at him. Like, come on, dude, well, you know why I had to do it, you know? Like, so, which then makes the question, does he have, you know, it, you know, what, as um Fred points out, the, was it the B nineteen or P nineteen? I'm sorry, P nineteen. Project Project nineteen. Project nineteen. You know, what is this Project nineteen? Like, is it such a big thing that his these murders are actually justified? Right, and you know, and certainly, I don't know. right, and I mean Lars essentially figures out what's going on. So we kind of go back and forth here. I mean, Lars suspects Alex of feeding info to the Brits, which. But he's right. And he's right, of course. And, and he, he tells Alphador, you know, let's go somewhere where, where uh, we're not going to be overheard. And, you know, he's understandably, and again, he's correct, that, that they're worried that their investigation is going to bring Project 19 to light. But he's a little hesitant to show Alphador what he's found because it, requires him when and again i'm making air quotes for requires him to use the drops and of course she says well this could be fun and yeah and it, and it was and it was it, it give me the visual <laughs> it was where fun. where she's like knocks on the bathroom door it's like you okay in there and he comes out wearing a black bathrobe and dark glasses <laughs> and smoking a cigarette and which we have not cigarette. seen him do yep once right so he takes her down to the basement he's got this secret uh internet study set up computer access uh they mention the onion router i don't know if you're familiar with that or not no nope. okay it's it's uh the the browser is called uh, tor t-o-r and and that's how you access the dark net dude and uh the dark web yeah so i've i've <laughs> got it on my computer but every time i go there i'm like i get you know, creeped out and they, <laughs> I quit and go back to Google Chrome or Firefox. <laughs> but, but the the onion router is a thing. So that's that's what he's using. She's aware of it. And she looks alternately concerned and impressed as he's typing away. And then of course we cut to the, the next morning. He's discovered in, information about Project 19. English plans to send agents back to the 19th century. But as he says, you know, there's some question about the veracity of what I've found. Well, okay, I think we can see from the uh, outside that, no, it's it's true. The question is, why? What were they what were the Brits in the 21st intending to do when they go back to the 19th? And, And we really don't know. But apparently John Roberts was one of those agents, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, even, you know, Black says, uh, you know, how they were friends. Right. right? So, you know, I mean, Black doesn't seem like a psychotic crazy guy. So, you know, 
did something happen to Roberts in the time travel, you know, like, or, or what, you know? And it's funny, like, cause black says, you know, how could you have gone back and become Jack? He's like, dude, I always was Jack. You know? well, like, well, right. And, and that's a statement that I still don't really know exactly what he means, unless he just simply means the obvious that I was always a psychotic sociopath that had murderous tendencies. Well, he's saying that, I was always the guy, I was literally always Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah. It's because, like, I mean, like, they knew about it in the 21st century, and they read about Jack the Ripper, but because he time-traveled back, like, he was just reading about things that he had done himself. Right. So, you know, we again, you know, as we piece it all together, he says that the powers that be screwed me over. Now we don't know what that means. Did that mean they sent him to the 19th and just left him there? And that he, you know, because he, you know, uh, has the scientific background that he has, he was working as he says on a, a time travel device, presumably to get back to the 21st. And that, you know, he simply murdered these women uh, because he needed test subjects for his homemade time travel machine. And, you know, the whole... And apparently also murdered a dolphin. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and you know, cutting out their hearts, or I forget what it is he cut out of them, that was just merely for effect. So that, you, you know, the, the police would, would think, okay, it's this, and I know this sounds silly to say this, it's this psychotic, sociopathic, killer on the loose well okay yeah i mean either way you you uh, slice it no pun intended but the, i guess becoming jack the ripper though there is some i guess comfort in that that you know you're not going to get caught right but does he know he's not going to get caught because at, at this because they never caught jack the ripper well yeah he has he has history on his side. Well, yeah, now that he's back in the 21st but I, i'm going back to the 19th and, and i'm going under the assumption that he was part of the p19 project that he was sent back to the 19th and abandoned and made his way back to the 21st on his own device and now is seeking revenge against the people that put him there and he's killing these three women in the 21st because they can identify him from the 19th you know that's pretty simple and straightforward that's why he kills those three you know, so we learn that here. I mean, he says that to, to Black, but right. you know, why why everything else? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, like he says, look, just give me a cottage, a nice wine cellar, and some agreeable women, and I'll be out of your hair. And on the one hand, I believe him. Doesn't appear it's going to go that way, and it's a complex situation. And, and while we're given a lot of answers, we don't have all of them, and. Uh, and it's complex because you think about it, like here's this guy in the 21st century he goes back, quote unquote, becomes Jack the Ripper, but he's always been Jack the Ripper, right? Yes. So like you know, in um, it's just yeah, it's 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 crazy. And then like you know why? And then you think not only did he kill these three women in the 21st century, there's like what uh, like eight women back in the 19th that he killed as well. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I think mind blowing is the word that uh, 
covers it. It's just really difficult to get your head around all of this. Yeah. Now we do get an answer, a uh, twelve word, twelve letter word for I forget what what the crossword puzzle is, but oh. but uh, we you know we've certainly asphyxiation ex- for right, uh, right right. So uh, you know we've which is funny because again like a couple episodes she could barely all she could say is like it's raining or something like right, that. Right, right. And now, you know, like all of a sudden, as she says, she's a fucking genius. Yep. Now, Alex calling in sick doesn't surprise us. We don't necessarily know what he's up to, but, but we hear, uh, tell of, uh, a Norwegian agent being put in place. So, I mean, is it possible that he's the Norwegian agent that's been working with, uh, London? Uh, I mean, certainly we know he is. Yeah, well, Okay. Yeah, he is the answer. Short answer, yes. Okay. He is the, the agent. Okay. Now, you kind of were, were, were getting at, at this a, a while ago in the discussion. Roberts demands to meet Black. And, you know, so they go through all this. And, okay, he agrees to go meet John Roberts. And, you know, got the surveillance teams in place. And what you were getting at was Harold not really being a very uh, able you know, operations commander and that's being kind about it and and right. you know his reluctance to make the obvious call which hell yes lars go follow him it's like no yeah. let's instead let him go where we can't see him yeah okay right. yeah because obviously i mean you know roberts it's not like they you would you'd have to be absolutely out of your head to think that roberts wouldn't know that they've set up surveillance, right? Yeah, of and course. And that they're following Black and that he's going to try and flip the script somehow. And just to say, oh, no, no, just stay in place, stay in place. Like, that's that's mental. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. Well, it, I'm not a police officer and I don't know about these things. But to me, that's mental. Yeah, I, I mean, it's almost as mental as, you know, what, what happened um, you know, in the United States with the last school shooting, when we find out that the incident commander was not in radio contact with anybody like what? Anyway, I'm not going to go down that, that road any further, but, yeah, but it's sure, like, you're right. it, it, it's almost that. like he felt like he had to consult his British counterparts before making a decision. No, this is real time. And as Lars says, fuck this. And he, and he does yeah. what needs to be done. Now, yeah, Harold's just not built for those kind of decisions, though, right? No, he's like, not. No, he's definitely he's the he's the wrong. And you know, like I mean, you need someone like Al Fielder, probably even Venka would probably be a better person to be at the helm of this than than someone as indecisive as Harold is. Right now, Black goes in, and and his plan is very simple. I'm going to shoot and kill John Roberts. Clearly, he does not understand what john roberts has become how john roberts became what he's become we don't know uh, through time travel i i guess but you he know took the blue pill yeah right, right exactly oh, nicely nicely done um or the red pill yeah, I, yeah one of those took the red pill right yeah and, and of course john uh black is the one that ends up dead and lars you know finds him on the tracks and then we get that great scene where Alfeder approaches John Roberts, shoots him, and, you know, he just dodges the bullets again, uh, certainly. Huge Matrix shout-out, absolutely. Yes, and then he shoots her, 
And maybe it's because this is a new power to her. She dodges it, but it like apparently nicks her ear. I'm not even sure it yeah. drew any blood, but she felt it. Maybe she just felt the wind go by. And he's like, you're like me, a fellow two-way traveler, which then comes back to, and I think Fred mentions this in his feedback. Well, wait a minute. Maddie's a two-way yeah. traveler. What about she- Maddie, right? Yeah. Well, she hasn't had anyone shoot at her yet, so we haven't really had a chance to test that power. Right. And then, you know, she just advances on him, and he's like, whoa, whoa, I I don't know what's going to happen when two people like us come together and and what it's going to do to the space-time continuum, you know, and that's, again, when she's like, what the fuck is the space Right. (laughs) Right. And then that blast that moves through the tunnel onto the surface. Well, first she, like, punches him, and it's like punching like a glass wall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then there's this huge, it was crazy, man. Like, oh my God. Like, there's no way you could predict what was going to go down at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of her continued transformation, we get that scene where she's watching a talk given by John Roberts, appears to understand the English speaker. And the whole point of his talk seems to be that we should be using time travel to go back in the past and prevent man from ever evolving into what right. he, he is now like okay <laughs> um that's pretty yeah like if you and that well right and that's actually might tell us a lot about what's going on with roberts when he goes back to the 19th century because his whole attitude is that you know if if i had a chance to go back and kill that first fish that crawled up on the land i would do it in a heartbeat right and, and the question is, well, why? I, I mean, there have to be less drastic measures you could take to deal with all of the issues that plague mankind at the moment. Well, it's 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 not just that. I mean, it's the fact that Homo sapiens are just refuse to find balance with the environment. They're like the only species that that do so. I, I think that's kind of like what he's he's talking about. You know, like once. It's it all. It, I had this argument with my son. Right, it, it, it all went wrong when we started farming and stopped hunting and gathering. Okay, yeah, and then that's when every when we started building cities and civilizations and everything like that. I, I don't know. I'm 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 highly affected by this book I read last summer called Sapiens, which like kind of like takes this view that not that people should, you know, not exist, but that Homo sapiens just really have never really done a great job of. Uh, finding balance with with their environment and everything well that's true but i would argue that and i I say this a lot in in discussions with my wife and you know a few select others that you know we we can make any kind of change we want but you have to understand that a lot of people are not going to like the consequences because i'm i'm fairly draconian in you know, my approach to fixing certain things that seem unfixable. <laughs> and, right. and, you know, one of the things that, that I always you know, make reference to, you see a lot of sci-fi shows or movies which present a relatively dystopian future and, and we see what has happened with policing. Well, clearly, you know, they decided what's going on in the 21st doesn't work. So we're going to... You know, we're going to take a different approach. 
You know, I, I go to Continuum. It's like, you know, uh, Kira Cameron sees this one guy on the train. Uh, he's got a warrant. Uh, he appro- She approaches him. He doesn't want anything to do with her. She just shoots this thing that embeds itself under his skin. You got 24 hours to report to the nearest police station or your head yeah, explodes. Yeah, I remember that. Your choice, dude. So, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> um, the, the other thing, the, the great scene was, and, and I, mean, I mean, it turned out to be rather tragic, although, you know, that, that priest that we've seen in, in a number of scenes throughout the season that he goes into the church and he siphons out the holy water and we're thinking what the hell is he gonna do with that because he seems yeah. like completely bonkers so you know he and then the uh the third 19th century woman do they think he's the devil is that yeah i, I think so yeah, yeah okay and they throw the holy water on him he falls to the ground he's writhing and i remember the first time i saw them like is that actually working? I can't believe that's working. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I couldn't resist myself. And then, yeah. you know, <laughs> she shoots him. He dodges and it hits a guy in the forehead. Bullseye. And I'm wondering like, all right, is that kind of a nod to the contest between Alphadur and Wanky when they go to the shooting range? But Sure. Okay, right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. And, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up is Ingrid's decision and we see her looking through that book with the painting of the Madonna and child. And, and, and of yeah. course we know what's going through her head at that point. And then, well, that's- and then um, Gregor's has her drive. Yeah. After she picks him up at the hospital, he, she, he has her drive him to the, uh, the cemetery where to see his son's grave. And again, that this is a, you know, reminder of the 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 power of the the bond between the child and the parent. That's definitely having a huge impact on her at the moment. Yeah, really, one of the more poignant scenes in, in quite a while Absolutely. in, in Beforeners. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, as she's watching, I feel so bad for not liking Gregor's before you now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand, and and we suspect that she's changed her mind as she's sitting in the car, and clearly she's really moved by the experience. She and then he apologizes for his thoughtlessness, even though he's unknowingly helped her make her decision. And then that beautiful scene where she tells him she's lucky to have him as a stepdad. And 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 again, and Fred mentions the way Gregors and Lars have have kind of built the relationship that they have at this point, and and that you know they're all just so lucky that they are able to you know really. I mean, I I, I don't think it's out of the question to call them friends that that i think he is still friends with his ex-wife he's becoming friends with um gregor's and and that can only help the daughter as she goes through this pregnancy and and even if she wasn't right. pregnant it would just help her you know become a uh, an adult so uh yeah. you know and, and honestly the more we see a marie the more i'm thinking <laughs> Lars, you might have dodged a bullet there, buddy. Like, hey, she's yours to deal with now, Gregor's. Right. (laughs) Your problem now, bro. Right. And (laughs) then uh, Ingrid gets in one of the last great lines. You're going to be a grandmother. Deal with it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. um, Anyway, anything else you want to bring up? No, I just, you know, to reiterate, I mean, that, that, especially, I mean, that one scene is just really so touching with Ingrid and Gregor's. And just, like I said, to... 
you know, like, because when we first met Gregors, which is he's this pipe-smoking Victorian dude, you know, shacking up with the guy that we, you know, obviously we are completely sympathizing with Lars. And so the guy shacking up with his ex-wife, we immediately feel antipathy towards this guy. And how now he's really become probably one of my favorite characters in the show here, you know. Um, and the guy with like a, like a ton, a ton of heart. And it was really, really sweet of, and, and Ingrid also, someone who has really grown up as well since season one to, you know, to see how, and, you know, for her to, you know, make that decision, which is a very mature decision to make, you know, like to, uh, it's, it's not something she, she's making a snap decision. She's not making this because of emotions. Well, I guess emotions are tied into it a little bit, but, you know, she just, this is something she has been thinking about constantly for a long time now and you know and she's making a decision that probably not a, a lot of young people would make nowadays and um so it was just uh two characters there really that have we've we've seen change quite a bit during the course of the show yeah and you know one of the things that just occurred to me and i don't know if we've talked about it or i don't think it's really appeared in the text do maddie and her two friends know that she's pregnant oh yeah i don't recall That's a good point because what, i don't think that yeah because what occurred to me is as you were you know explaining your, your your point of view on that is that in addition to having to make this this really huge life altering decision she's best friends and living with three other young women her age who you know, their biggest concern in life is, uh, how do I bring my ex-boyfriend down? No. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what yeah, am I right. going to study in college? You know, now that I, right. now that I've been on the roofs booth. Uh, <laughs> so he, he, you know, again, it's, it's just, we need more Ingrid. I mean, it's hard to say cause there's so many characters we would love to see more of, but you know, I, I, I would love to see more of Ingrid and, and see how her story affects you know, you know, the greater story, but yeah. Anyway, I remember thinking the first time I watched this being like genuinely surprised that that's where she was going with her decision. I'm like, Oh, yeah. well, I didn't expect that at all. You know? So. Yeah. All right. Ready to hear what Fred's got for us. Sure. Okay. We will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to sci-fi TV rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for be foreigners season two. Episode 5. What am I watching? I am watching Just As Wayne, the Obi-Wan series. I think it's very, very good. It has a bit the tone and the setting of The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, but it's still different and it very, very well connects to the old films and extending that story, more or less. So... I, I think I gave three nines for the first three episodes on IMDb. Furthermore, I just started Strangest Things, just as Wayne does, even watching that with my wife. Congratulations, Dave, on finishing Banshee. Good sign that you liked it up to the end. You're further now than I am, although you got the tip from me. I still have to finish it, and uh, I think now I have a good reason to do that. Furthermore, I'm going to watch with my wife the next season of Borgen, a Danish political series. Probably you and Mary will like that, or even you watched it. 
So we even watched uh, one season when we were in Denmark and it was very strange. And I told that in one of the other podcasts long, long ago that it was very strange to walk through these governmental uh, hallways, etc. At the same time, you're watching that series where you see those places in the series. Furthermore, they announced that the Orville will get a new season starting one of these days. And I'm watching on Trains New Worlds, the newest Star Trek series. Okay, about Before Now's episode 5. I really like this episode and I would give this at least an A- minus or something like that. The other episodes, apart from the first episode of this season, I didn't grade because in general I don't like this series that much. So that would have resulted in all kinds of C pluses and B minuses. But this was a very, very nice episode. So I think I give a grade for this one. Nice thing here is that what we said in the last podcast that Gregor's is not the worst stepdad you can imagine and actually we see that here. Also nice is that both guys, Gregor's and Lars, are respecting Ingrid's decision, whatever she decides and yeah, towards her mother she says, you will become a grandma, get used to it. Partly I like this episode probably because finally we get some explanations. So this John, a.k.a. Jack the Ripper, John Roberts, uh, obviously made an improvised time travel machine. Well, what I wonder if there was time traveling and they tried to control it. So the whole time travel thing is a natural or supernatural phenomena, but people try to control it. Uh, we saw that actually in the previous season as well, that people went uh, um, into a lake or something like that to provoke time travel. And since this John Roberts is a professor in physics, probably could develop something like that, as I predicted last time. But uh, yeah, so that is what happened. The fact that he killed certain women, and for instance, not the Asian woman with whom he had sex last episode. So that proves to be logical, because they saw him operate somehow, so these women had to die. The mutilation has something to do, obviously, with time travel experiments, so something in the body's change, like Alf Hitler's hippocampus or whatever, and he has to remove those organs. At least that is what I imagine is the reason, apart from the fact that he thinks it's creative. In the subway tunnel, Henry and John talk about the higher-ups, P19 or something like that. What is that? Who is that? It sounded also a bit like God, but I don't have the impression... It's God, because he also said, yeah, these women could jeopardize the identity of P P-19. I wonder if this P-19 and the guy higher up are the same, or are that actually two people, identities, whatever. And then we have the Medi Volva, Olaf story. I find that one a little less interesting. I really wonder if Maddie has the same capabilities as John as Alf Hilder, 
Well, actually, probably not, because the Volvo said she's the wrong one to Olaf. You should have the other one. But on the other hand, if she's born in present time, went to Viking times and became the partner of Olaf and then also came back to present time, that's the same route as John and Alf Hilder took. So why, where, where is the difference and, and why are Alf Hilder and John similar? Okay, many other thoughts, but time's up. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Obviously, we talked about virtually everything Fred has in his feedback. Uh, you know, he mentions watching Borgen, which as soon as he said that, as I was listening, listening to it this afternoon, I'm like, yes, uh, Fred, I think I'm ahead of you. Um, you and your wife better uh, get moving there. I know you don't like to binge watch, but uh, anyway, Borgen, yeah, it's a great show. Fred gives it an A-. minus. I think I would agree with that grade. Um, I thought it was a really, really? You're, you're going full on A. I'm going full A on this, okay, man. Yeah, all right. I'm with you. I, was, I, I didn't even question it even for a second. I'm like, this is definitely, I'm going full A for this one. Okay. Now, one of the things. That, Dude, they got I know. Alpha, they're dodging bullets. I know. Good point. She dodging bullets. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, you just talking about Gregor's and how he's, you know, one of your favorite characters and, and the transformation that he has gone through and and you know fred kind of alludes to this that that he's taking such huge steps forward as a contemporary stepdad and that i think can be sort of problematic because is it best for the child you know give in and be a 21st century stepdad or should you hold to your guns and and retain those 19th century values that you grew up with and i mean you see both points of view but the reality is your your stepdaughter's got a cell phone she's got 24 7 internet access there's you know so i i think he's slowly coming around and i i think that's one of the the most wonderful things about gregor's i mean there's a lot to like i mean you just explained a lot yeah. of it so well, Fred mentions about whether somebody's trying to control time travel, which prompts Roberts to invent his own. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I still think that's sounds what happened is that he was sent back as part of the P-19 project and then abandoned there. Now, whether he was abandoned because something went wrong or maybe that was their plan all along, you know, Roberts is yeah. a problem. Let's send him back to the 19th and leave him there right yeah I mean, I mean we don't yeah, know we could see that <laughs> you know anything else about fred that we haven't talked about i don't think so so all right fred thank you for the feedback as always and and we've got one episode to go you know you and i talked a little before we started recording about what's next and we may have come to a decision we're not ready to reveal it yet but um yeah we we're gonna Go down to the wire with this one, as we all, all in good time, as we often do. But uh, that will do it for this episode <laughs> of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Be Foreigners. Anything going on in your genre TV world? Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Check out the Facebook group. We'll be back next week to talk about the season two finale of the HBO Max series Be Foreigners. But until then. Yeah, Dave, when I, when I'm like reflecting on basically our, our podcast and how we do it. I just, I came to this conclusion here. I'm like, 
we're not exactly radiating full control here. 